Very nice. Well done. Thank you, Shelby. What makes Christmas for you? The tree? Mama's cooking? The gifts? The grandkids? The lights? To be real honest, one of the things that makes Christmas for me is the song, Oh Holy Night. Thank you for singing, for sharing with us this morning. That is Christmas. What is the whole holiday about? That's what happened on that night that became holy because God Almighty chose that as the moment. Galatians 4.4 4 says it was in the fullness of time that God chose that moment to reach down and interact and to change forever humankind. It was a holy night, an amazing time, a time that should bring to us great joy to use the words of the angels. I want us to think together this morning about joy. I want us to think together about how joy comes to us at this time and what joy looks like and what joy feels like and how it works. So let me direct your attention to the Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to look at the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. As we consider together the fact that God with us brings joy. We've, we've looked at how God with us brings hope and God with us brings love. I want us to, to consider how God with us brings joy. In Luke chapter 1, we're going to bounce around a little bit in this chapter, but let's start at verse 13. This is kind of background to help us understand what's happening in Luke 1. Remember, Zechariah is a priest, and he was having a normal day. It was his turn, and by that I mean that there were daily responsibilities that had to be taken care of in the temple. And the priests would, uh, they had kind of a, a, a duty roster, if you will, uh, not unlike our deacon of the month or our, our uh, eyes and ears team or our greeters, uh, uh, nursery workers, uh, children's church volunteers. There's, there's, there's kind of a, uh, a rotation there. And that's what they had, a, kind of a rotation. It just happened to be Zechariah's time to be working in the temple. And it was a normal day. He was doing his normal thing. And, and then everything just kind of went, went in a whole new direction. Uh, back in verse 12, Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, saw who? Well, an angel showed up 
Zechariah is doing his thing and an angel shows up. And I love the way verse 12 just says, so calmly, so quietly, Zechariah was troubled when he saw it. Well, I bet he was. Wouldn't you be? You show up for work, regular work, regular day, regular place, regular time, and all of a sudden, there's an angel of the Lord. Oh my goodness, what have I done now? And fear fell upon him. I bet it would. Now verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And, what a good name. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Angel appears to Zechariah and says, you guys have been wanting a kid a long time. Well, guess what? Now that you're so old, you gave up. Now God's going to move and something's going to happen. You're going to have a baby. But this is not just going to be any baby. This is going to be a very special baby. And like all special babies, we're going to call him John. <laughs> this special baby is the announcer. This special baby is the preparer of the way. This special baby is going to be the one who introduces the moment that God enters into his creation to change all of humanity for all of time and beyond. John gets to be the one to say, hey guys, it's time. Look over here. Don't miss it. And notice that what is supposed to happen when, when this begins to take place? He says in 14, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice. Advent is a reminder that God with us brings joy. Even before he arrived, the announcer brings joy. Now, let's fast forward to another part of the story. In the same chapter, look at verse 41. We're in the same chapter. We're going to start at verse 41. Now, what has happened in the meantime is Zechariah and Elizabeth both kind of laughed at this idea. God, we're, we're, we're on up there at age. Maybe you forgot how this works, but this don't work. And... Uh, God said, okay, you just, just to be a reminder that sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut, I'm going to keep your mouth shut for a while. Zechariah couldn't talk all of a sudden for quite a while. Then for some reason, although we're not completely, we're not, we're not filled in for the, the total rationale behind this, but um, I think probably just to figure out what life is supposed to be like and how to get her head on straight. Elizabeth was withdraws from the community for a number of months. Figure out what is going on. What do I do now that my life has changed? And how do I get my husband to talk again? 
And now let's pick up the story, 41. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, you see, Mary showed up. Mary came to see her cousin. It's a family reunion. Mary came to see cousin and say, what's going on? How are you? When she shows up, life is different from every other time they've ever encountered one another. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 43, And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth hears Mary, and Elizabeth's immediate reaction is, yes! Because the baby inside of Elizabeth, his immediate reaction was, yes! John's entire purpose, his God-given meaning in life, is to point to Jesus and tell people, he's here. So before John is even born, he announces, Mary walks up with Jesus in her womb. John is in Elizabeth's womb, and he knows that Jesus is here, and John throws a party. And Elizabeth says, Mary, I'm glad you're here. There's great joy because God with us has appeared. She says in verse 42, this, this, this great proclamation, she says it with a loud cry. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. In 43, there is that, that kind of overwhelming humility that who am I that the mother of my Lord would come and see me? This is amazing. And then she tells why she feels this overwhelming joy. Look at 44. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. There is great joy in understanding and recognizing that Messiah has come, that God with us is here. That brings great joy. Fast forward again to verse 57. Verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Now here's what I want you to see. Joy, real joy, is contagious. Mary walks up carrying Jesus. Immediately, John is filled with joy. John's reaction in joy brings great joy to Elizabeth. Elizabeth then tells Mary, hey, 
This is a time of great joy. Mary rejoices. In just a minute, we're going to sing that Mary broke out in a song. She starts singing. She's so joyful. After Mary sings her song, we fast forward. John is finally born. And Elizabeth says, hey, everybody, John's here. And what does the rest of the crowd do? They rejoice. There's great joy. You see, joy is contagious. I want you to make sure and get that this morning because there's somebody who works at the desk next to you. You're going to see them tomorrow morning. And they desperately need the joy that you could share with them. You're going to go to school tomorrow morning and you're going to be surrounded by confused people who desperately need to know there's some kind of joy in this life. You're going to go to the coffee shop tomorrow. And you're going to visit with the same people you always gossip, I mean visit with. And somebody at that table needs to find real joy. And the good news of that is joy is contagious. All we have to do is express what we know. Be who we are and express what we know. And joy starts to spread. It's not that complicated. And we are the people who more than any other people at any other time of year have reason to rejoice. We need to remember that joy is contagious and that's a good thing to share. Another thing that is good for us to remember as we read through the story and we think through joy is that Jesus brings joy. God with us brings joy. You know that the same joy that Elizabeth experienced is available to us. You say, I don't know about that. Yeah. When she really experienced joy is when Jesus showed up on the scene. God with us brings joy into the lives of those who trust Him, who believe in Him, God with us brings joy into the lives of those who will receive Him fully. And so 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 say, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Now he's talking to us. Peter saw Jesus. Remember that. Peter saw Jesus. He hung out with Him. He was one of Jesus' top three best friends. But he knows we've never seen Jesus. Peter knows that. And he says, you have not seen him, but you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He says, even though you can't see Emmanuel, God with us, you know him. And because you know him, 
you have inexpressible joy. Jesus brings joy. And then I want you to notice with me this morning that joy defies our circumstances. And when you write that down, if, you, if you're a note taker, when you write that down, be sure you, be sure you spell the word correctly. It is, does not say joy defines our circumstances. Joy defies our circumstances. That's important. Because what that means is joy remains regardless of what happens in my life. See, there's a difference between joy and happiness. You know that. Happiness is a temporary, momentary, surface level reaction. When and if the Cowboys win, I'm happy. When I hear from my daughter, she'll text me, she'll call me, makes me happy. Kids remember that. Parents need that stuff. But not long after that, the happiness kind of goes away. I, there are other things happening. There are other circumstances around me. Happiness is temporary, it is momentary, it is surface. But joy, joy is an understanding of life that gives me a positive outlook. That joy that is a deeper understanding of life that gives me a positive outlook can ride through even difficult circumstances. So I can be joyful even when things are going wrong. This past week has been, I'm just going to be very transparent, this past week has been a very difficult week for me. It's just, I just, there's my, my shoulders are just full of, of responsibilities and stuff and things have not gone well. Do you ever have weeks like that? Things just didn't go well this week. One or two of, one or two of the issues that I've had to deal with are my fault. Many of them were not. I'm just stuck in circumstances and can't do anything about it. But this has not been a fun week. But, you know, even when we go through the difficult weeks, I have not lost my joy. Not happy all the time. Haven't been happy a lot the last few days. But that does not change the fact that I have a deep, understanding of life that gives me a positive outlook on who I am, where I'm headed, what is my purpose, what is the goal, what is life all about? Because Jesus brings that joy that defies circumstances. Nehemiah said it this way in chapter 8, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of you find it difficult to memorize Scripture, and we don't encourage folks to memorize Scripture like we used to. And so perhaps that's not a part of your discipleship. I want to encourage you 
to memorize this one. And this is just the last part of this one verse. The verse is actually longer. But I want to encourage you, put this one to memory. Nehemiah 8.10b. The strength of, the, 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 excuse me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How do you endure? Because I have joy that comes from the Lord. How do I keep going? Because I have joy that comes from the Lord. When things go wrong, I don't put my faith in things and circumstances and stuff and people. And it's the joy of the Lord that strengthens me. Make that a part of your memorized library. Joy defies our circumstances. And then one more thing I want to share with you and we'll be done. That is joy is a choice. You say joy comes from Jesus. It does. But even when Jesus brings that joy to me, I can decide if I'm going to live within that joy or if I'm going to overlook that joy and choose to live on my own strength based on my own circumstances, trying to control things and people all around me. You see, joy is a choice. In our same chapter here, look at verse 46. Beginning at verse 46. Elizabeth has just said, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she, meaning Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are you, Mary. There's joy here. And immediately, you see what Mary did? Verse 46, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations shall call me blessed." She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. She made a choice. She said, I decide right here, right now, that I'm going to rejoice. And folks, you have that same freedom and opportunity. God with us brings joy. Will you choose to rejoice? with the joy he brings. You know, she could have resented what God was doing to her. Have you ever thought about that? Her life got very confusing when all of a sudden she was with baby and was not married. Her life got very difficult. She could have said, God, why did you do this to me? You are God. You could have found any other way to bring Jesus to earth. You could have, God. Why didn't you? Why do I have to face the shame? Why do I have to face the family problems? Why do I have to go through this? You could have picked someone else, or you could have just snapped your finger and Jesus could have been here. Why, God? That's what she could have done and what many of us probably would have done. But she had a different choice. And she chose joy. 
My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices because that's what I choose to do. Beloved, God with us brings joy. That joy is contagious. It is not it is, it is not determined by our circumstances, but it defies our circumstances. And it is a choice. Philippians 4.4 4 reminds us, and this is a command. This is so interesting to me. We are commanded to be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, just in case you didn't get it the first time, again I'll say, rejoice. Joyce, joy is a choice, so we're told to rejoice. This week as we celebrate God with us, bringing joy, I challenge you. In spite of your circumstances, choose to experience the joy that he brings into the lives of those who will receive it. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for hope that we have. And today we thank you for the joy that comes in knowing Jesus.